Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Ultimate Fictional Character Podcast. I'm Matt Acevedo, joined, as always, by my incredible co-host, Christian underscore Humes. I don't also... Now I don't know whether it's going to be our... It doesn't seem like we're ever going to be introduced by our names anymore, but also... I don't know if it's going to be you first or me first, <laughs> Emily, which oh, I've just changed it up. I've just introduced it. Frankly <laughs> underscore Emily. There it is. There it is. I and don't exist Emily. without Twitter. I Twitter <laughs> exists within me and I don't have a cool name. I have a very I have the most common female baby name of like the 90s, several years running. And I have the most common like Scandinavian last name. So all of my name and variations are always taken. I'm always jealous of you wonderful people with your cool creative names. I mean, your... my first name is Christian. So, like, that one also is... <laughs> I'm right Mine's in that same Matthew. boat. <laughs> Still, you got Matthew. good last names. Oh, thanks, dude. Thanks. Uh, yeah, my, my dad named me Matthew because he thought I was a gift from God. And I'm like, that's very sweet. Which I guess Matthew literally means that a gift from God. So, does it? My brother's name Matthew because it's the first book of the New Testament. Wow, <laughs> ah. she was gonna go in order. Dang, <laughs> with boys. <laughs> my mom. I was named Christian because my mom wanted to have a girl named Christina for three boys, and then they decided, well, we're not having another one, so I guess it's Christian. <laughs> oh my God! You oh, switch a couple know. letters around. And yeah. it's, it's wow, that's crazy. Oh yeah, guys, that's, that's <laughs> there's a lot that we could go into about our names and our history, but we have a very unique quad of people that we need to talk to about today here on the Ultimate Fictional Character Podcast. This is the final, uh, this is the final showdown Four. before yeah. we go uh, into our division, our season three division, that's right? Division two, two finale. My, well, my championship God. match. The Division yeah, exactly. 2 finals. Ooh, who? So wait, Division 2 finals are... Um, Snoopy. Sn- no, no, that's, so that's the quarterfinal. Snoopy won the whole first division. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Snoopy won the first division. So last week, Gex lost to <laughs> Seymour Krellborn. You know what? And Best honestly, decision we made on the show. Gex, I don't think so. Oh my, I don't think oh so. My in, fact, God. in fact, since then, I've seen multiple like Twitter threads and threads in places like Reset Era where they are talking about Gex. Like no. he re-entered the zeitgeist. <laughs> so I'm just saying. Oh my God. Uh, Gex has Gex is back, baby. Uh, oh my and- gosh. <laughs> 20, 2021 year of the Gex. PlayStation's going to come out or like, somebody's going to 20- come out and be like. We have got a new Gex game. 2020 <laughs> has been a crazy year, right? But no one knew that Gex was going to be the thing that came next. Like, <laughs> you know, year of the gecko. Um, wow. It's like the year of Luigi, but it's the year of Gex. <laughs> wow. Well, let's get, well, I'm glad we're, we don't have to talk about Gex anymore because he lost because uh, he was taken down by Yeah, Seymour. and the other two were Elastigirl and Chris Turk. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. So the winner of this episode is going to go on and fight not Gex. Yes. <laughs> so first up, Emily. Yes. He's red. He's got a hard shell, but a very sweet center, even if he is a little salty sometimes. It's the red M&M. Hey. And the red like M&M. That. that was really good. Red M&M is going to be going up against, you might know him as Daniel Hillard. The person who doesn't have a job and wants custody of his kids in a divorce. But many of us know him as Mrs. Euphigenia Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire has entered the ring. Let's do this thing. Did so, I say that right? It was, yeah, that's how you, that's how you said it, right? Yes. So I, I'm going to bring voice. this up right at the top. I had to Google what Mrs. Doubtfire's name was. Like the actual, because Mrs. Doubtfire is a fictional character in a fictional movie. Yeah. I was like, wait, what is this man's name? Which means that Mrs. <laughs> Doubtfire is, is, is Daniel Hillard, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like a Darth Vader Anakin situation, except we all know who Anakin Skywalker was. In fact, if there, if there was no Anakin, Darth Vader never would have won. He never would have made it that far if it was just, you know, but Mrs. Right. Doubtfire is the reason you watch that movie. Mm-hmm. You don't watch for Daniel. Daniel, Daniel, like. Daniel kind of sucks, right? He does suck. He's pretty awful. Doubtfire, who makes him better. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
but that's yeah. okay. Like, so that's that's the that introduces like some dynamicness to this character, right? Yeah, exactly. He needs to get in touch with. <laughs> The whole premise is pretty bonkers. Let's be real. Let's just cut. <laughs> refresh you know, us, premise... Matt. You you just watched this, so refresh us on this on this setup as, okay, as quickly so, as you can. Thirty so seconds. So Daniel go. Daniel is uh is is in the beginning with his wife Miranda, and his wife's considering. He's a freelance voice actor uh, who's not doing very good, and he has he's a child. He has three children, right? And his wife Miranda is like calls him unreliable he's like what are you you know you're, you're you don't pay any bills you're just you just you're just wait you're just you're just extra Basically weight be like me if i had children character. so so he so so he freaking so daniel he quits his job over a disagreement and decides to try to throw this like kids like this crazy birthday party that just doesn't make any sense uh, and it's like ridiculous and miranda's like this is the final straw and they get divorced and now he's trying to find a job because in order to have see the kids right in order to see the kids he needs to get half the kids custody but right now the court is like because you don't have a job and because you're a bum you don't get to see the kids so he creates a, a job for himself where he 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 calls Miranda as his nanny Mrs. Doubtfire with a fake voice and says oh yes I I'm here I can take care of the children and he he, he like it's really it's really creepy it's really kind it of weird it's wild but it's super wild so that get that premise out of the way this bonkers premise where he gets the job as Mrs. Doubtfire, right? The, Mrs. Doubtfire is actually a good persona. Mm-hmm. Like, the character... It's so weird to talk about. This is very Inception-y. The character Daniel Hillard is awful, but the character within that character, Mrs. Doubtfire, is a gr- it's great. Yeah, it's, it's... Although, there are a lot of wild times where it's very clear Mrs. Doubtfire is trying to sabotage the relationship between Daniel's ex-wife and her new boyfriend yeah which yeah. let's talk about an upgrade she is dating pierce brosnan in this movie yes <laughs> i mean this is hard though because you got robin williams versus pierce brosnan those are two that's like saying do you want cake or do you want ice cream they're two very different desserts for two very different tastes that's maybe true. it's cake yeah. down on its luck and it's cake not getting a job right now but like it's still very good cake and that's good very point. good ice cream um I, I will say point point in their favor though, right? For for Mr. Doubtfire and Daniel here, willing to go to extreme odds to connect with his children. Except again, it's all like this like dishonest ruse. Now here's something I want to bring up. Let's talk about yeah. the Red Eminem. Red Eminem also like he's weird. He's very sarcastic. He's a little devious. Like the Eminem's live in this crazy world where they're like getting eaten or they're trying to trick other Eminem's and get into getting <laughs> eaten. So they're not like, getting eaten. Like Red Eminem <laughs> is kind of a skirt chaser. Oh, he, he doesn't he wants go, that he green. goes off of humans. He like, he goes after human women. Well, and the green Eminem. Cause she is. She got those she booties. She's got yeah. those boots. But, I get it, Christian. But, but this is what I'm like. I get it, Em. I feel like Green Eminem <laughs> is a little bit. I mean, sorry, Red Eminem is a little bit like the combination of Daniel and Miss Doubtfire. Because Red Eminem is like very like, here's who I am. Like, I'm kind of a jerk. And he's like, also like the plan. He's like, the, he makes the plans. He's, like all the the leader. he's a leader. Yeah. But he, but he's very straightforward. Like, he's not masking it. And I feel like Daniel is like, he's, he's like behind the scenes. Like, he's like this puppet master. And he's like, oh, I'm going to make this persona. And then I'm going to get what I want, but I'm not being honest about any of it. Like, I don't know. I Red say, Eminem yeah. is Red like Eminem a- has definitely got more points in the honesty box than Big time. No, than yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire. Big time. Even like, like, you know, he doesn't come, Mrs. Doubtfire doesn't come clean until, until, like, until he's caught. Where like a piece of his nose comes off, and they see that it's a prosthetic at dinner, and they're like, "What? What is that?" And it falls they... off into like the glass. Into, like, yeah, the dude. Drink. Yeah, it's so weird. It's like, oh, the '90s were a weird time. Speaking of weird, do you want to hear a weird Eminem fact? Yes. I would love to. In 1976, Red dyes number two and number four were proven to be carcinogenic in nature. Despite red M&Ms being dyed with red dye number 40, Mars decided to remove the red M&M as to not scare customers, replacing it with orange. Red M&Ms finally returned back onto shelves in 1987. Wow, really? Yeah. Huh. Hmm. That's your sweet fact. It's weird to think that there was a time where they didn't have red M&Ms. Just orange. 
all wrong. I actually, I think orange, orange and blue are my two faves. I think of the M&M characters. No, just of the like if I'm eating a bag of M&Ms. I like blue, yeah, blue and yellow. Yeah, oh, the yellow is pretty nice. Back in the early millennia, uh-huh. I loved the crispy M&Ms. Back then, oh my like, god, they were yes. different. Yes, yes, the crispy M&Ms ruled. They were amazing, right? They were so good. They ruled. It was like Kit Kat M&Ms, awesome. like but better. I've they, never they had crispy M and M's, but I did have. I love. I mean, at my Christmas, at my oh my gosh, just having brain fog right now. Apologies. At my home during Christmas, like one of the go-to like Christmas snacks is like the minty M and M's that they come out with during Christmas time. Oh yeah, those are super good. I'm all about those. Uh, those those like weird flavors they make. I like to try them out. Like Halloween, they did like a pumpkin spice one and. You know it's not that good, but you're you love the pumpkin it for the spice season. connoisseur. <laughs> oh, I'll I'll tell you which ones to get, dude. Oh, let me mm, see. This one's a little more cinnamony than pumpkin. Mm. So, anyways, I look. think I think we should just jump into comparing these two because I think yeah. ultimately these two characters are actually very they are very straightforward. Whereas, so Daniel is a character who uses his persona he creates so that he can connect with his children and also hopefully manipulate his wife so that he can <laughs> get back Jesus. together with her and somehow get away with it all. And the red M&M is both sometimes like a star. He's often shown as like a movie star or like someone mm-hmm. famous. There's a lot of paparazzi stuff. They're like actors. Like he knows he's a spokesman he's a for m and yeah. Yeah. Like he both knows he's like a living being, but also his kind is eaten for snacks. In a way, so- though, in a way, <laughs> like, but Daniel also also does that because at the end of the movie, <laughs> this persona that he creates gets him to be a hit children's television show where he plays mrs doubtfire sure. on like a pbs station sure. that is doing extremely well right because let's be honest <laughs> it's so weird it's clear why robin williams character <laughs> in this movie was a failed voice actor because mrs doubtfire's voice was terrible but his character but acting so was great that's true so that's that's what like you know he needed he needed his Jiminy Glick moment, which was oh, Mrs. Doubtfire. I'm going to just I'm going to have give you have you give you some peas and then I'll tuck you into bed. <laughs> Is that pretty um, good? That sounds. So I think that's pretty good. Let, let's uh, let's just throw him in the ring. Yeah. Who's winning in a fight? Oh, Red Eminem. Oh my gosh, that's uh That's where I, I'm I mean at they're now. both they're both tricky. They're both they're both kind of tricksters. Like I feel like. Red Eminem, I feel like is is it would play dirty. I feel like that he plays dirty. He's going for your ankles right at the yeah. start. He's down low. You know why they call me Crunchy? <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> breaks his leg. I definitely think like maybe Miss Doubtfire or Daniel could like get a bite in, and that would be like the only way they're doing damage. But otherwise, like I think Red Eminem. I can see is that. Yeah, vicious. I think Red Eminem's gonna take this fight. Yeah, man. I mean, he has Physically. to walk around every day knowing someone, so, like, he, he could come across a hungry person. He's probably dexterous as heck. <laughs> Absolutely. You don't last that long as uh, an edible being among a sea of chocolate-loving humans unless you can pull some punches. Like, unless you, you can throw down, <laughs> you're not walking around in public like that. Yeah, you got man. at least a disguise going. You're at least stacking a couple M&Ms with a trench coat pretending to be a human. <laughs> I'd be intimidated. I feel like he... I would he, watch that. I would watch he, red and yellow play Mrs. Doubtfire. That's <laughs> actually really good. Like I, yeah, red I stands on yellow shoulders and then wears, like, you know, the suit and the... Yeah, hey, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> Show oh, me gosh. your kids. Show me your kids! <laughs> okay, he would win in a fight for sure. Uh, I, you know... I would if who I'd rather like hang out with. I'd also hang out with Red Eminem personally. Oh, I don't I think, think I don't true. think Daniel yeah. knows who he is. I think I think, that's oh, I, true. think I think Mrs. Doubtfire would be constantly in persona. So even if you wanted to hang out with Daniel, it'd be like I don't know who Daniel is. Don. And if it is Daniel, <laughs> like which Daniel are you getting? Because because the hard part is like I have to separate Robin Williams from this character because like yeah. I love Robin Williams, but like. Daniel is like, well, which Daniel am I, am I getting depressed? Daniel, who is not doing well? Am I getting divorced? Daniel, who is like out for revenge? Or am I now getting like probably full of himself? Daniel, like, I don't know if I want to hang out with any of those Daniels. Yeah. Right. I think I think it's big, really telling if you just want to hang out with the persona. Yes, that is a good point. You know, the M&M. It melts in your mouth. 
not in your hands. And why is that? Because it's protected by this 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 candy this dissolving this candy coating, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. which is what protects its creamy center. Because you know the red M M&M and M is kind of hard on the outside. He's he's like very he's snarky. You know, he's got yeah. Little, yeah, but you also know like you know he's helping out his buds. He's always trying to escape things. He's putting on a good show for everybody. He always shows up for it. It's like you know on the inside he's kind of a good guy. He's having fun. He just he uh. You know, he's got a little bit of bite to him. But Mrs. Doubtfire, who are you? I don't even think Mrs. Doubtfire knows who she is. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Ah. You want to get to the center of the red M&M, but you don't want to get to the center of Mrs. Doubtfire because what you find on the inside is not as good as what's on the outside. I totally oh! agree. I totally That's so good. That's so Christian. good. Mic drop. Take that mic out of that... <laughs> the mic stand and, and drop it at a very expensively on the floor. <laughs> Christian Humes. So wait, are we I moving feel, the right? I, yeah, I, I feel. I feel that on. <laughs> I think that was I it, think dude. so. I think, I think you, you nailed it. I think, right on I think the head. you nailed it. I think you nailed it. I don't. I I just feel like like the character of Mrs. Doubtfire. The con. Like I feel like if you were to ask anyone from the '90s, right? Anyone who grew up in this era with Mrs. Like I don't think they could tell you. Uh, what Mrs. Doubtfire was. I feel like, it, you know what I mean? You remember Mrs. Doubtfire being this really, it made you cry. And that, and that, you know, Robin Williams played this really great nanny. But like, no one could probably talk about these details that I'm like, this is really weird. Because, because so much of what Mrs. Doubtfire was was actually like a dude joking about like how weird it is to be a woman. Same with Bicentennial Man. Yeah. But a robot. And so, oh, like, it's weird to be really a robot. It's not really that funny now. And like the thing that I think was touching was like the relationship like that he wanted to have with his kids. But like that's not really the thrust of the story. It's it's Robin Williams being goofy. It is. Mm-hmm. Well, we uh are we calling it? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm All right. It. Well, Daniel, there's no doubt you've been fired. <laughs> wow. Whoa! Oh my god. That's pretty good though. That Thank you. Pretty Thank good. That's good. The red M&M's going, going on. The red M&M's going on. Guys, our next matchup. Christian, would you like to introduce this next character? Followed by M, the following character. Yeah, she uh, has been here on our show before. She fell to some very strong characters in a previous season, but she's back for a vengeance. She has returned to the ultimate fictional character kingdom with the Black Saber, ready to take up the mantle of Mandalore. It is Sabine Wren from Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Yeah, versus. You know him. You love him. He's a little insane, but he's got a bunch of go-karts and a bunch of fruit, and he's ready for fun. It's Crash Bandicoot. Heck yes. All right, so I I already told you guys, Crash Bandicoot is a character that I'm not that familiar with because I wasn't a big, like, I didn't have the PlayStation when I was younger, I've played, I think I played Crash 2 is the game I've played. And I've done Crash Team Racing, which is great, but you don't really learn anything about him. But the only thing I know about Crash Bandicoot is they have a lot of levels where he runs at the screen, which is like such a naughty dog thing. They do it in Uncharted also. I'm like, why you got to do this? (laughs) We're going to do the run at the screen thing. That's like very Crash Bandicoot. Mm -hmm. So what's up with Crash Bandicoot? I mean, Crash Bandicoot, PlayStation icon, um... Yeah, just a a really thrilling and interesting perspective-based platformer. Uh, he spawned three titles, so he like other uh, big character like same like with Spyro got a trilogy. Um, even got his own kart racer, which is actually hailed as one of the better kart racing games out there. Uh, Crash Team Racing is a beloved kart racing title. And you know what? The guy's making a comeback. He's got a new game coming out this year. Crash Bandicoot, still beloved by all, still wanting to make a return in 2020. Something you need to know about Crash Bandicoot is that he's actually in a, just a regular Eastern Bear uh, Bandicoot. But the uh, Dr. Cortex has captured him and and experiments on him, determined to oh. do this thing because he wanted Crash to be the like the the i think it's the commander or like the leader of the cortex army mm-hmm. um but he decided that it was no good and threw him out and crash got out and so like that's like the premise is like he was created by his enemy to be you know this kind of like he was just an animal before who's been experimented on and now he's just like 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, no, yeah. So, so he's 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 a bit of a Darth Vader, right? Like, you know, the Emperor's like creating Anakin. He's he's turning him into his own weapon, and then eventually becomes the element of his own destruction. Mm-hmm. Kind of a yeah. story arc. Meets here for like Crash Island of Doctor Moreau. <laughs> yeah, a little Doctor Frankenstein-y. Um, that's interesting. Uh, so with Sabine, because we have talked about her on the show as well before. Uh, I'm going to give you a very brief overview of her character, and then let's just jump into some comparisons here, because she, the cool thing about Sabine is, like, her artistry. She paints a lot. She tags things. Um, It was, like, a rebellious act on her part, Mm -hmm. and it also lends into her sort of creative ingenuity. She actually is incredibly smart, and she has developed some really powerful technologies that previously, when the Empire was in control of Mandalore and she was still at Mandalore they were using her tech like she was you know a part of the empire structure and system before she could escape um but ultimately she ends up going back and like paying a penance she's like I'm gonna undo the problems I've caused and like a way to speak out because everything in the empire was always so clean was to like be this rebellious like I'm gonna put up like rebel signs I'm gonna tag things so like people know like when they're walking through the city, like yeah, I can't, I can't free everyone in the city tomorrow, like I can't free this planet next week. But like when you look around, you're gonna see someone was brave enough to put up this sign, kind of a thing, to let you know, like hey, we're still out here fighting. Like where, you know, she leaves a message. Uh, so I thought that was really cool, and that's sort of her whole arc is like, you know, she returns home, she helps free Mandalore from the Empire, she yeah. gets the dark saber from Darth Maul, she battles with the dark saber, she passes it on to the new like leader of Mandalore. And then they end up teasing future things that take place after the original series where she's mm-hmm. going to go looking for uh, a, a specific Jedi um, who is now missing. So there's a lot of like cool things that happen with her story. So like crash and her both seem to have very like going up against like fascist regime regime stories. Yeah. She was kind of born into it and he was kind of created by it so like i guess their origin's a little different but it's funny how they're similar in that same regard right you know they're both kind of non-traditional where should we start on this comparison who who wants to begin oh boy let's start combat combat yeah put throw these two into a ring what would happen what's crash's number one trick what's his strength he he can spin he can do like a tornado like tasmanian devil spin (laughs) you know what i mean that seems to knock enemies very far. What's his weakness? Touching anything. <laughs> That's the only jump spinning, jump right? boxes, jump boxes yeah. that are not calculated to platforms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, so like, it's like machinery. Machinery is kind of like uh, mm. Dr. Cortex is very much med scientist. He kind of creates like a bunch of like almost like a very kind of Eggman Sonic situation where it's like Crash has got to kind of save the wild, save his family, save his sister, save his friends from this insane uh, man. Ooh, I like your pun. <laughs> and did you mean to do insane. that? Like insane trilogy? Yes. <laughs> nice. nice, 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 nice. Uh, you know, it's 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 kind of hard for Crash. Um, you know, like I'm a little nervous and I'm trying to figure out more characteristics about him. Cause I, 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 I right now I'm, I'm having trouble thinking what else he has in terms of personality and stuff. He's fun. We know that he loves to relax. We know that, um, he he's, wears he's, shorts, he wears shorts, uh, and he, he's very, he's daring and like very brave. Um, and some people would say, I, what's that rumor, Emily, you might be able to help me with this where it's crash is kind of like a metaphor for someone suffering through PTSD or like someone who I've lived through the Vietnam War. I've never heard of this. It's like someone who keeps like, yeah, like, like in like crash. I, I Gosh, I should have looked this up, but it's like everything in crash is all, it's like, it's like kind of what someone who went through like the Vietnam War mm-hmm. sees as a veteran and, and. I don't know, something like that. I'm butchering the heck out of this, but maybe a listener at home can help me with that. But that's not like is a confirmed thing. That's just like, a, like a fan theory. It's just like a fan theory. Okay. Here's here's the thing with Crash though. He's a super cool, fun guy, and 
he's very fun. Like he's just like out of I think out of all of the like video game uh, mascot kind of platforming characters, he's kind of on Sonic level of cool. But I think well, he's other more than cooler. Gex. He's oh, he's cooler than who? Than I'm Gex. sorry. I'm sorry. Who? Gex. Uh, Gex? Oh, oh uh, I think Crash Bandicoot is like like coolest Gex? Uh, platforming mascot. He's like real chill. He isn't like Sonic where he's like here too slow. And that's partially because Crash doesn't really say a lot. He says that his catchphrase is mm. his death noise, which is whoa. Yeah, um, and he says a bit of Mario. A little bit of a Mario, even, even more so. A little bit of a Mario. A little bit of a, a Banjo Kazooie situation where yeah, okay. it's like it's a lot of uh-huh. grunts. <laughs> it's a lot of <laughs> it's a lot of grunts, and that's such a good impression. Well, uh, it's a lot of grunts and noises rather than like and. Uh, actual words which is tricky because then it's like how do we how do we get into this character's personality because i don't think yeah. we should i don't think we should reject a character because they don't say anything because then I no think that's, no yeah no but i think it's like not. well what else can we pull from this character you have to look at their actions no i would say I mean, party wise i'd party with crash oh, I'd over sabine crash. Yeah. yeah so what you just said because we, we didn't actually well, solve it is like what yeah. you just said is i it sounds like i would probably actually want to get a beer with crash over sabine which Personally, Sabine has gone through a lot of trauma and until like late in the story doesn't really deal with it. So like, you know, it's a very slow process. She's not like the most fun hang, even though like she does the art and stuff like that. Like so I would think he's more fun, but she would wreck him in a fight because her thing is her tech. She sure. has Mandalorian armor. She created the yeah. Duchess, which if you don't know anything about Star Wars, Stormtrooper armor, junk, garbo. Yeah. Not good. The Mandalorians, the reason part of the reason they can put up a fight against the Jedi, their armor, nearly impenetrable. Watch times. the Mandalorian, you'll learn all about it. It's a lot like uh it was the cool thing about Captain Phasma in the new trilogy. She had the armor plating um that was created from a smelted down uh Naboo starship, the chrome starships. It was actually able to reflect blaster bolts. Mandalorian armor can take the blaster bolts without just going down. She created the Duchess, which is kind of like a giant Tesla coil, and it essentially shoots out force lightning and it would just vaporize all of your like organic matter. So it was, it basically, she created a weapon that the empire was able to then use to take over Mandalore because yeah. their armor no longer could stop the empire. So she, she very incidentally caused the death of a lot of people. So like th- for that reason, she, if technology is crashes weakness, like, not the person he wants to go up against. But right. I'd much rather have a hang with Crash Bandicoot. The hanging's interesting because this is interesting to me. This mm. is I find what this intriguing. Is this? Who is this Matt? Where did you come mm. from? Well, as you can if you can look at the two characters, we can see that they represent the two party mindsets within a Matt Acevedo. Crash is my former, my previous younger years. Or me. Oh, yes, jungle juice. Don't mind if I do. I don't know what's in it. And, and Sabine's like, oh, I'll have a nice, a nice, a nice, a fine wine or an I, or I have a nice, a craft beer with my friend. So I think it's a toss up on the party scene for me. We just, I'll, you know? Okay, how about reliability? Oh. Who do you think you can depend on more? That's gonna be Sabine, hundred percent. Yeah, Sabine for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But if I was an animal experimented on by the evil Doctor Cortex, I can count that my friend Crash would come back for me. I will say, so, but I, I would go Sabine. I think. I think there's. I mean, we can we can go through a list of them, but I don't even know if we're gonna have to. If I'm being honest, like, what is the difference between these characters? Is like we have this. One that is basically just a mascot. I'd say the thing, Mario, I feel like lost by the skin of his teeth. That was like a very close fight. It was super Mario close. And it was an incredibly like, close match. Yeah, and dude. there are probably other ways we could argue for Mario that he could have possibly won. And there's more we could still say about Snoopy. Like that that was almost a coin toss as far as I was they're concerned. They're too lovable. They're both, both gr- they're, yeah, they're incredible, but they're more than mascots. I don't think Crash is more than a mascot. And in no way is Sabine a mascot. Right. That's, yeah. that's like she is. She's a character. She's an incredible... Like, she's not even, like, the main character of that show. And yet, I would say she's probably the most memorable character uh, or one of the most memorable characters from that show. She's part of the main crew, but, you know, I think that, like, says a lot, right? It's like, when when you're a part of, 
you know, the fellowship, but you're not Frodo. And everyone's like, yeah, but, but like Samwise, but Samwise, it's like, well, yeah, you're right. So I don't know. I, I, uh, unless you think there's a category, if you, if we, if you want, I'm down to just go through them all, but I I got one category we haven't thought of. Okay. Let's hear it. Who looks super cool in jean shorts? No or one. or jeans or no one corduroys cool in jeans. <laughs> or sweats. I don't know what they are. I never do. They're like they're like jorts. He's got like skater. They're like skater pants with like skater shoes. So he's also like stuck in the nineties. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> but I think it's a watch. I'm not. I think I think it's a. I think it's a clear winner here. Yeah. Why don't you call it, Matt? All right. Well. Uh. Well, crash. Sorry to. Crash this party, but it looks like this insane fight just ended with a wild attack on your cortex. Or... Sabine wins. Sabine yeah. wins. Sabine's moving on. Uh, let's move on to the next one. That was probably the worst one I've ever done. Yeah, you really uh, let's crashed go. and burned there. Uh, oh. you, gotta just gotta, you can't think about it too hard. You gotta let it flow like poetry. I don't know any of his lines, otherwise, you know. Whoa! What, what is what That's it. Okay. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys. Looks here like it Crash is. Miss the jump box on this one, <laughs> and has crashed to his doom. Uh, before go. we move on, I do have one anecdote I want to talk about. Real, okay. it's, it's just how hard those games are. Uh, I remember my, our good friend Adam Lavic. I remember he he was so excited for the Insane Trilogy. He's like, "This is my favorite game growing up." And then like he he's he posted a picture on Twitter of him on this one level, and he was like, "Nice, just starting." And he was like super pumped. And then literally like five hours later, he's like he was like, "F this game," and it's a picture of the same spot he was on. The same spot. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was the funniest thing. <sighs> Anyways, that's my, I love that story. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Crash Bandicoot's gone. Guys, this is the final match before uh, we go into the finals for Division yeah. 3. Yeah. So let's do this. The Red M&M versus Sabine Wren. This is going to be tough. This is going to be tough because the Red M&M, similar to Crash, is just a mascot, except he's uh actually like you only see him in a narrative sense so we actually kind of know we could talk about the character so at least we could just do some comparisons here we couldn't like that was that was the problem once emily was like well let's talk about reliability i'm like oh we're just gonna go down this list and everything that's not like you want to hang out are they goofy like she's just gonna take it like it's you know we yeah. just don't there's not enough there both of them are hard shells him with his candy coating and her with her mandalorian armor yeah that You're right. Her, they are her, similar in that and regard. Her, uh, her trauma. I mean, yeah. the, 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 I mean, he is. He lives a traumatic life as well. Just That's as she, true. Just as she may turn the corner and run into you know the empire and have to run for her life, he may turn the corner to a hangry uh, child who wants chocolate and his mom said no, and now he's on the run again. You know, you to me, know. there's there's something that I, that and maybe I'm just the only one who thinks this way. But to me, the red M&M kind of feels like the spokesperson for, like, movies, theater snacks and movies. Like, I don't see any other character doing, talking, like, kind of like represents a, a food item or, like, represents, like, the, the cinema experience as the red M&M. Am I, am I crazy? Uh, except for the let's all go to the movies characters where it's the pizza, the Coke, the Coke bottle. Popcorn. The yeah. candy box, maybe the yeah. Coke polar bears, yeah. But, but even like we've seen that's that about it. We've oh, I love the Coke polar. We gotta yeah. add them to the bucket. Oh my god! Yeah, we'll put them in. We'll put them in. Wow. Yeah, they make Coke look so we gotta, good. We gotta add some more mascots in here. Yo, I'm adding that this episode. The polar. That's my gonna be my ad. Anyways, Great. we'll do that later. Perfect. Uh the red M M&M, and M though. We've seen him. He's kind of like an actor. Oh, he like is. We, so that that that's what's cool about him, I think. Right? Is it's he's he is a spokesman, but it's like very fourth wall. Like the camera's on, he's like, "Oh, come on in." And then other times, <laughs> it's not fourth wall, but you're still seeing them like behind the scene. Like he walks into the back, and it's like the green M and M's dressing room, and it's like, "Oh, hi, how you doing?" And like you see this little like interaction. Then yellow comes in, and yellow's like sweating because he's like nervous, and red's trying to act cool. 
that that's like what's fun about them right is it's this like weird like we're sort of like the voyeur in this like weird paparazzi situation with the red m&m like yeah we are in his daily day he also met santa oh very famous uh christmas commercial that airs every year he does exist they do exist and they fall and then yellow's like uh santa Santa? (laughs) that's actually i believe the red m&m has connected to a wide number of fictional franchises uh, there's one I know they did with Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull where like they get and they're looking for the Crystal Skull because M&M's would tie into all these franchises for advertising stuff. So that's they would true. use and he, you know, he'd have like the whip and the hat and stuff like that. And that's pretty cool. Him going on all these little adventures, you know, he's out there. Yeah. Doing things, shaking it up. And for Crystal Skull, look, I got a secret. I like the Crystal Skull. It doesn't. I, it doesn't bother me that there's aliens. It makes sense that there are no, aliens. I agree. I totally agree with that. But like all the jungle stuff with like the monkeys and the ants. Like, that was if weird. You cut that. Like cut. Yeah. Cut all that. But like, there's. I think there's absolutely nothing more ridiculous about, you know, the alien stuff than when they do like, the the ancient stuff or the religious stuff. Like the, whatever. Yeah. It's I'm all... like this is and like aliens like exist, dude. Like guys, like when you know. And when when right, they Tom when DeLong. they have disclosure when they have disclosure I'm gonna be like yeah we know yeah <laughs> bring it on 2020 I've never seen Crystal Skull it's really not terrible oh, it's really not it's fun I thought and it makes you want Dr Pepper I don't know why I just really like the the I remember Dr Pepper being a really strong partner for that movie and I got so much Dr Pepper I feel like Matt and I have a lot of weird. Uh, specific opinions about certain things that other people were like i love snowboard kids and crunchy m&ms and the crystal skull <laughs> oh my god you're right i knew we were best friends for reason i knew it i knew it oh my god oh man the first Emily's time i came like, out unranked i was, was like, like a Yo. lot of podcasts with two psychopaths <laughs> snowboard kids doesn't exist man it's all a figment of your imagination you made it up i think that was this is sorry we went on a tangent but i think there's this gif of like adam halavik and zach eubank being like is if it Matt Acevedo? It, it's Matt Acevedo, and it's because I, I, I think it was me saying I actually like the Crystal Skull. It's not a bad movie. It's not bad. It's not. I a bad don't movie. think it's great, but it's not a bad movie. I think and if, if the I red M M&M and M can can do an ad as Indiana Jones, beautiful. Cut the Jungle Escape. Don't do the yeah the the swinging monkeys and don't do the the fire ants. Yeah, you got a much better movie on your hands. I think we got to start comparing them. Yeah, I think you're right. Thank you for being yeah. the adult. Jeez, oh, my God. And if you were here, we'd talk about that forever. Oh, my God. <laughs> It'd be the winner of the round would be the Crystal Skull. <laughs> <laughs> In a surprise twist. Out of, out of, oh, my gosh, a magical slip from the bucket has just descended from them. It's, it's the Crystal Skull. All right. Sabine Wren versus Red Eminem. Growth. Oh. Sabine. Yeah, it has to be. It's Sabine, bro. Yeah. There's no, there's no overarching character arcs here. For the girl has the craziest story, and and like I feel like her and Ahsoka have like some of the best stories in Star Wars. Yeah, they both. I don't remember exactly. I mean, again, part of it is which is why we do bring characters back. We give characters a second mm-hmm. chance, especially when we feel like they definitely we feel like deserve it. But because we can't sit here for hours every time debating four characters, it's like whoever you go up against some factors are going to be the discussion and that's going to be it yeah and so like sabine and ahsoka lost and we were both like we got to put them both back in because oh, yeah yeah because they're two of the best in the entire series and i don't but it was like whoever they went up against beat them will the red m&m continue it it's possible out. i didn't think miss doubtfire was gonna lose in the first match so and then laugh you thought about factor. the movie miss doubtfire and you're like oh actually this is this character is like, did you say laugh factor? I said laugh factor. That's a red M&M's funny. Oh, red M&M's funny, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. How many times have you laughed and be like, oh, thank God I laughed at a commercial. But well, now it's all laughs. Anyways, at red M&M. Yeah. Originality. <laughs> Sentient chocolate candy versus artistic Mandalorian. Honestly, I'm going to say red M&M. <laughs> and here's why. Just just chill with me for a moment on this. Come on this journey. Uh, Red M&M, been around for a very long time, and it was a, a weird thing for them to do to say, like, we're going to make this character a spokesman, but he's not going to be 
in a world of other M&Ms. He's in the human world, and he knows people want to eat him, and sometimes he might be in mortal danger, but he's going to be cool with that. And everyone's just going to accept it, that that's what this world is, and that's a wild thing for them to do. And as cool as Sabine is as a character, Star Wars is a franchise that, from the original series, has always had characters that have gone from good to bad, bad to good, or been a weird... Like, she just fits into that mold, mm -hmm. you know? It, it, she didn't even break ground on, like, being, like, the first, like, you know, real woman lead in Star Wars. Like, you know, like, there's Star Wars always had strong women in the franchise, starting with Princess Leia, you know? Um, so I, I, would, I would honestly say the Red M&M, I think, is more original as a character than Who do you Sabina's. think, Em? I agree. I think the Red M&M is a lot more original. <laughs> I was, was going to say that. I also think that, dude. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah, let's keep we're going. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep, we gotta going. keep going. Emotional yeah, capacity. Going. Having to think on this one. I think it's a wash. I, all, I was, Dude, here's the thing. Like, We've seen Red be pretty like sympathetic towards his comrades and other people. Yeah, he, he's, he's been a jerk. He's been scared. He's had a laugh. Uh, her journey is, is, is though, is very different. And she, she, yeah. we see like a stronger bond with her and other people, but you don't see as much range necessarily as often, but you still see her laugh and do, I don't know. I think it's kind of a wash. I don't yeah. think Sabine is necessarily, I mean, yes, she has a great interpersonal journey. That's like where her growth and her character arc is, but I, I don't know if that's, uh, either of them are like excelling at that I, you know what's thing. it's crazy like i find the, the i didn't think this at all coming into this i think red <laughs> is like a like for out of all the mascots that we've gotten is actually like a pretty dang he's, good mascot good mascot i don't but know they made him a character I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, they, I'm give him, they give him stakes they give him a history they give him trials they give him relationships they give him emotions but they yeah, made a think? good character. <laughs> I think I, I'm I'm torn because it's a different. They feel like they they're on different journeys. Okay, they, let's keep yeah. going through this. Character Emily, history oh. and motivations. Uh, Sabine. 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 Yeah, come on. Like, yeah, she's she's just got she's got she she goes through the hero's journey. Yeah, in she that does. story. I don't think Eminem ever does. No, he he no. He, pl he he plays a character that goes through a journey, but he doesn't. And the red M&M is kind of like a TikTok star. And she is kind of like, a, a you know, a Netflix actor. Like, you know, you're like, I'm going to go. I'm going to watch. I'm going to binge this. I'm, you know, she's, you she's a character in a Netflix store. You know, I'm going to binge this, like, <laughs> this meal. This is like a big meal I'm going to have. This is like a 12-course meal with Sabine Ren. But with the red M&M, you're like, He's oh, I'm just going to blast open another one of these for 15 seconds. Oh, Emily, that one was that great. Very this one made This one made me. Sabine really. is a meal. Eminem is a snack. Oh. <laughs> what's this cake thing happening? I have no idea what's this Everything cake is thing. Everything is cake. <laughs> You're cake. I'm cake. This is some GLaDOS crap. I don't know what it is. I don't think it's real. It's we a don't joke need to get on me. Cake. We get to, I'll tell you about the cake after the show. <laughs> All right, cool. I'm on my way. Anyways, what's next? Emily, what do you think oh. about these characters where we're at? It's hard. I mean, I agree with Matt. I think I think the red M and M is arguably the great the greatest mascot out there, and that he has story. He's interacting in stories. He has dialogues. We know he has different relationships with the other M and Ms. He has fears. He has hopes. He has dreams. He is a fully fleshed out character for a mascot, but he only exists within the commercial void. So his stories cannot be explored and his character cannot go through trials within that void. So this is interesting because on this show, right, the goal for us here is to find the ultimate fictional character, which we're, we're finding ultimate fictional characters along the way, you know, but it's like we're sussing out like who the best characters are. But in a way, I think what you just said was inadvertently a point in Red's favor because because they, just just picture this, right? Take me on this journey. There have been like books that are made. There are movies that are made. They're one off. They're not a series. And it could have the most incredible character in the world. And if it does, it's like, well, of course, they, they could absolutely be. So being like limited in scope shouldn't be a thing that necessitates you to be, you know, 
the ultimate character or not. Just because you weren't utilized more often doesn't mean that you weren't available, like that you couldn't be something more. And in a way, because Red, we're like able to talk about him this much and we're like, wow, he, is he really this good? Like he actually seems awesome. And he's just a, he, he's supposed to just be a commercial. He's just supposed to be an ad, right? But Sabine exists in the Star Wars universe. Like you have to have a good story in the Star Wars universe. Like you're in, you're, you're a character that's created in a world that's in a galactic scale you know drama and war right you know it's a space opera um that's amazing of course but like i maybe like the set dressing around sabine is a big part of what makes sabine so good it's like think about how incredible it is that someone that we only get you know 20 to 30 seconds of at a time we're able to talk this much about that has sustained his relevance for decades he can also fly Wait, what? On his fandom what? page, on his fandom page, it says that one of his abilities is he can fly, and he has very attractive eyebrows. Oh, uh, he he can fly a plane. He can pilot a plane. I don't think he can physically. I don't think he can physically fly away. Oh, that makes more sense. Unless he drinks Red Bull, that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, maybe if he drinks Red Bull, in a weird like crossover. Um, ew, ew, ew! About those flavors, Red Bull. <laughs> ew! No, gracias. I could do like Red Bull and then maybe like a Cheeto or something, but not uh. Not that. I don't know. For me, the big thing for me that I'm stuck on is that Sabine has a character arc. She experiences an amazing redemption arc. She inspires the rebellion with her art, and she even goes back. And you know what? She also could have kept the Darksaber. I think we all want that Darksaber. Darksaber is like 100% legit, but she gives it on. And she later becomes a, a, a figurehead in the rebellion. She goes off and she continues in the rebellion. And she also knows, I feel like Sabine too, as she grows older, she realizes that like, it is important. Like there, I don't have to be a main character to be an important character and that she aids the rebellion in so many ways. And it's not like it's called Sabine's rebellion or she walks around saying, that's my insignia. Copyright me, pay it up. She, no, she, she selflessly gives the rebellion and she she saves Mandalore, and then she continues to fight in the rebellion, and and she doesn't need that credit to her name. She doesn't. She isn't an artist that tags for the, for recognition. She's an artist that tags for justice and, and selflessness and for a greater cause. And I think I might be on the same page with you. My only concern is something that's always been a concern with the show. Yeah, that's is, where I'm at. Is if the scope of the story is so grand that a character is in, then it means that a character who could be a more interesting character because they're in a smaller scope, like of what their thing is. That means like we basically have to write off everything. That's not as grand as star Wars or Avengers or Pokemon or one piece or Dr. Who, because those characters seem to win a lot more often because they're in these like epics. Right. Whereas like red M and M is able to put up a battle as a commercial character. Now, I'm not saying he's better than Sabine Wren. In fact, you bring up a lot of points better that we hadn't really discussed. So maybe actually she is a more ultimate fictional character than him. But there should be something about like, I think I think it's absolutely important in her favor that she doesn't have that she offers uh, a, a narrative. She She's a part of a narrative, but that is um, more of a result of what of the story her character's in than her character herself. Like if the red M and M were placed in a narrative like Star Wars, then he would have a he would have to have a journey. He would be like the Han. Let's be, let's face it. If the red M and M was in Star Wars, he's the Han Solo of that story. But if you're he asking me be. to put up Han Solo against Sabine Wren, I think I might pick Han Solo. <laughs> I'm not saying I pick red M and M over Sabine Wren. By the way, I am just thinking out loud that uh, this is the truth. This is the, the. It's honestly the difficulty of the of sometimes we get into the show. I yeah, mean, the, the like, it, it used to happen way more, but we've been having, I feel like lately in this season, this is like the first time that a character like, like red has come up with against something like this big, uh, in previous seasons, we've had a lot more mix ups, but this season felt very big head, heavy oh, characters, yeah. lot, you know? a lot of big characters this season. I feel like you're right. So it, it, I, it's tough. I think t- here's the thing too. Here's the thing that gets me. Let's hear it. As a woman. Mm-hmm. There are so many times in like big blockbuster scoped films, even today, especially MCU, where it's like 
oh, all the women in this show gotta be badass. They don't have any faults. They don't like they're just they're just badass. And maybe they maybe they 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 learn to accept the goofy hero a little bit more, but they're still very badass. And like all these MCU women are great. But it's tough because it's like I want my funny MCU ladies. I want my I want my I want my female characters. Squirrel that, girl. I know that like are goofy, that are silly, and that go through an arc like uh, Star Lord or something, and and whatnot. And so I think Sabine in an era where it's like she is a very she isn't just cool Mandalorian girl to be cool. She is a tech genius who thinks she's doing something right and has to live with live with the weight that she has doomed her home, her family, everyone she loves. She gets to escape and that weighs on her. And that and it is her trial to then go back and save them and to aid in the resistance. Like she desperate I don't think if Sabine had the resistance that she would exist without it. I think she would find herself in a very dark place. So the resistance essentially saves Sabine. And then she's able to save others because she became saved herself. So it's like it's like it's arcs like that that get me really excited, especially with female characters, because it's like, oh, man, like this is somebody who has a mark. This is like this is a character who gets an arc that we see so many male characters get, if that makes sense. Like it shouldn't even be like that. It should be normalized throughout the like everybody gets same arc. And I think, too, it's a television show. So we're able to explore that more. But just that is where I'm kind of coming from with her. Like this is a, this is a female, a young female character too, a teenage female character who has a very unique arc in the star Wars world. That's a really good point, especially with the youth part too, because that is not something, I mean, it mimics a lot of Ahsoka in a way. Um, but it not like it parallels Ahsoka, like just as the youth, but Mm -hmm. not the other parts. Cause Ahsoka is a little bit more of the like, well, I'm just a badass tough girl uh i will say the thing you've just pointed out though is that sabine has over the red m&m is like they both are culturally relevant but mm-hmm. sabine has a much larger cultural impact yeah on people yeah because i love the red m&m i think he's great but i definitely don't have strong feelings about the red m&m like you could have about sabine, For sabine. yeah and like i think if it comes down to that like between them before i felt like it was maybe a wash like i kind of like up until you said that I was sort of in between on the two. I was willing to be like, maybe red is going to win this because I do think, I think we have to be able to like, say like, Hey, maybe this character's not in this Epic, but like, we still love them regardless. In fact, we all really like them, but I don't know if maybe the red Eminem is the character to do that. He might be close. I think he's pretty, I honestly think he could have won like a couple of other matchups. Yeah. yeah. I I think so too. You know what I mean? Sabine is just an incredible character. Is the red, thing. I'm pretty sure Sabine M&M had won her episode and then lost in a division. Yeah. That's the power of so. the bucket, man. It is. Red so. M&M I feel like killed Gex. Oh, squashed well, I don't know Gex. I don't know. About oh I mean, I'll tell you what. God. Gex at least won his first match, so Gex would have beat Crash. Just because there's more to say about him. <laughs> I will give you that. Oof. I'll give you that. <laughs> Matt's Oof. like, I don't even want to talk about this. <laughs> I, I, I watched videos of him, and I'm like... <laughs> God, this is He's awful. a product of his time. Yes, he is. He is. A, that's very well said. I think we are in uh, all in agreement here. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. 100%. Especially because, I'll be honest with you, this character, incredible. She's great. That's why oh, she's yeah. in the bucket. Yeah. Well, guys, looks like Sabine Wren's moving on because the red M&M has been crunched on. So like he, he melted in the competition in the end. Yeah. Turns out he was just a walking chocolate turd covered in the hard <laughs> shell. Guys, Whoa! I'm really I'm real tired tonight. I apologize. I am so tired. But Sabine Red is moving on to the Division 3 finals to face off against. Oh my god. Is it Mrs. Incredible? Miss what is No, it's it's Seymour Krellborn. That's right. Seymour. Seymour. That's yeah. right. Whew, what a match. Yeah. Which we may have a bonus before the division match, or we'll have a bonus after it. But either way, there'll be a bonus and a division match coming up in the next mm-hmm. two weeks, and then we will start Division 3. Which means <laughs> we are, after next week, halfway through Season 3. That's right. My fictional character Have I been podcast. saying Division 3 this whole night? 
I apologize. We are in Division 2. No, you said Season 3, Division 2 earlier. Oh, good. Yeah, you did. Um, all right. That's great. We don't pull from the bucket tonight. It's one of those rare nights. We're not pulling mm-hmm. new characters. Yeah. Um, Matt, you said you wanted to enter a character into the bucket? I would like to enter the Coca-Cola Polar Bears from the Polar Bear Christmas commercials and, like, the mascot of, of, of like, holiday Coke Polar Bears. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. I love They're pretty them. magical. They're pretty, they're pretty, they're good. pretty great. They make that Coke like, look so good. Yeah. Right? And of course, of course, Coke would be good in 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 uh in uh you know the North Pole, right? Because it's it's oh, like yeah. chilled. It's super chilled. You know, hundred percent. You stick it in the snow. You pick it up and drink it. I can um, hear the sound design on those commercials is insane. By the way, because I can, well, you said that, and I can hear the like the cr- like the crunch of like the ice as he moves like the bottle, like the glass bottle up, and you can hear like the clinks. Oh, I can of hear the, it now too. Yeah. Oh, I can hear it. I hear the fizz. Uh, this, so, so I, I'm just going to follow suit. I'm going to add a mascot because they're great. I'm going to add Tony the tiger. Heck yeah. And would you like to add anyone to the bucket? I would. She's been an astronaut. She's been so many different jobs. You don't even know. She's also starred in her own cinematic universe. It's none other than the pink woman herself, Barbie. Oh, that's. I a think Barbie can big win. character. That's I think Barbie can take it. Character. That's a huge character. Very cool. Wow. Have well you seen done. the Barbie films? They're all popping up on my Instagram algorithm now, like clips from them in IG Live. And that is a that's a cinematic that's a that's a cinematic universe that a lot of people don't know, but is actually very unique. I have not, but I have watched the the Toys Who Made Us of the Barbie. Yeah, they did that. That uh, that was fantastic. So I can't wait to see the day that she pops up. Hopefully, it'll be this season. Maybe not. Maybe it'll be a future one. But that that's is right. exciting. Let's just let's just ring out everybody. Tell them. Well, I mean, they already know where to find us, Emily, because that's how Matt introduced us. So I guess, I guess just so you know, my name is Christian Humes. <laughs> you already know where to find me. Matt, yeah. where, where can they find you? Find me at the Mouse on all the socials. Uh, guys, also, this is going to be coming out, um, I think we're, we'll be two weeks away from this. Uh, Gen Con's coming up, and uh, me and Emily are on, we have a podcast called Massive Adventum. You can check that out on all podcast platforms. Um, and we have a special Gen Con episode coming out. For Gen Con. So check it out. Also, I'll be moderating a a panel with Emily as well um, called um, uh, GMing. uh, Uh, Playing in somebody else's sandbox, how to create campaigns in your favorite IPs. So if you love like Star Wars or you love Star Trek, even Mass Effect, uh, Indiana Jones, you name it. And you've always wanted to have a tabletop RPG campaign. But you're a little worried of how, how well and confident you feel going into an established world. Well, don't worry. We've got a panel of people who've done that, <laughs> and we're here to give you some some tips and and the ways that we've learned on our journeys as well. Uh, this panel Emily created be... and submitted the panel, so that was <laughs> very good of her to explain it. <laughs> this, this panel might be sold out. We are thinking about possibly recording it audibly. That way, we can release it publicly after Gen Con. And yeah, if that happens, you'll hear about it here too. That's amazing. I'm at Christian underscore Humes, as Matt already told you, and the details are in the show notes. We'll see you guys at the Division Finals. Oh, the Division Finals. Oh, Christian. Oh, get you some little soup for our Division Finals. Gex is better than Mrs. Doubtfire. That's true. Whoa! Okay. <laughs>